With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. One of the odd things about this podcast for me, but it's also kind of great, is it is a weird combination of therapy and confession. <laughs> it's cathartic for both it, of us. It really is. Yeah, Especially I, I, this stuff before the microphone starts recording. Anyway. Well, that's a whole separate thing. But, but when we do actually sit down and share with you guys, we get to be – we get to, to fully-fledged embrace the fact that we have this car disease, mm-hmm. talk about the ups and downs of that reality. And I'm in a downswing right now, I have to say. Yeah, I know. Uh, Todd needs some encouragement right now, everyone. He's got a car story to share with you. But before we do – I do want to tell you about this Saturday, Season 6, Episode 2, is Pickup Trucks in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Something we haven't Mm -hmm. really touched on before. You've asked us to drive pickup trucks, and we drove, indeed, the full-size guys. So this is the F-150, the new GMC Sierra, and the brand-new Ram 1500. So all three of those. We didn't do any towing or hauling or pulling or transporting of anything. Because, look, nobody does... just drove them in traffic. Nobody does truck tests the way people drive trucks. I mean, look, I realize, I do realize there are plenty of you in construction, you drive trucks for real, and you have a pickup and you tow it. I know that exists, but I also grew up in Texas, and I've been to the (laughs) South more than once, okay? And there's plenty of pickup trucks that are sitting in traffic, doing nothing but sitting in traffic, or the drive-thru, or I need to go back to Starbucks, and I'm going to sit in traffic again. That happens a ton, so we thought, let's do that. Let's do how people use trucks in the way they weren't intended. Let's do let's use trucks in the way that people use cars mm-hmm. and yeah. talk about them in that regard. And that's what we did. Yep. All right. So these sponsors that are helping us bring television to you guys are Covercraft. They are our title sponsor for the entire TV season six. And thanks to them. Also, Grio's Garage is our official car care sponsor. Their stuff and is brand awesome. new is Haggerty Insurance is with us for the all of 2020. Mm-hmm. So thanks to them. We're excited to start bringing you a lot of giveaways and a lot of more information yeah. about our sponsors. I just want you to know, along with Auto Tempest, these these are our sponsors. And we really, really appreciate it. It helps us create the content to bring to you guys. It's so thanks the reason to we them. can create the content. And you guys are great in the way you respond, not only to us, but also to these sponsors. Thank you for that as well. A quick note about merchandise. You can still get the host jackets on the Amazon store. So go to everydaydriver.com. Right in the middle, you can see the store tab. Mm -hmm. And that takes you to the Amazon page where there's merchandise available. And the Phaeton and the Pickle Fork t-shirts are still available. Those will remain. But the host jackets are just going to be through January 2020. So, you know, since it's winter and cold, we we figured we could might might currently need a jacket. Yeah, that'd be good. When it's cold rather than, like, you know, June. We thought of it in May last year. and went. That's a little too late. (laughs) Also, while you're on the website, uh, the dates for the pilgrimage trip trip to Germany are at least posted. A lot of the details aren't there yet, but just so you're aware, the dates are there if you're thinking about it. These are That's August right. dates this year. A little bit different trip because we're actually going to do the tracks in reverse order. I don't even think the website's been updated to that yet, but the, we're doing the tracks in reverse order this year, which means we'll be doing spa first, ring second. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Depending upon the day you catch me, Depends on how I feel about which way, what order it should be done. I think either one works really, we, really well. We've done now trips. We've doing done both either, ways. Yeah, it's great. Either way, it's great. And so that is coming. Got pros and cons. So. Totally, it is coming in early August, and uh, and so you can look at those dates. We will be posting stuff for registration of that probably fairly soon because it's uh, going to be obviously earlier this year. We're very excited about that trip. We're also going to Iberia. I want to actually, you know, while, while I'm here at Iberia, really quickly. While I'm here at Iberia, who was the, the person website? that asked? No, no, no. Driven by Gas said on Instagram, are we planning on doing a meetup for our Spanish fans while on the Iberia oh. trip? Where the heck are you is my question <laughs> because, you know, Spain is also not tiny. Uh, we will be in roughly in Ronda, Seville. Those are the primary cities we'll be in for Spain. So depending mm-hmm. upon where it's you are. Southern Spain, very far south. The reality is it's probably better for you to come to us, but I don't know where you are. So these are my questions. I mean, it would be cool to see people that actually follow Absolutely. the show that are in Spain and Portugal. It would be amazing. But Absolutely. I, I'm not counting on that, but it's cool that you asked. Well, it actually it hadn't occurred to me because, uh, you know, we're doing some chronosons as well for the trip, for yeah. future trips, for yeah, the Iberian are. Peninsula trip. And so if you are in Spain, please reach out to us. Send us an email mm-hmm. or any any kind of social media signal, whatever that you You're whatever looking that for is. a Spanish fixer, aren't you? And, we uh, have Tom for a German fixer well, on Pilgrimage. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we kind of do. So if, if you 
you are and you want to take a road trip down and see us, we'd love to see you. So, <laughs> All right. So we're uh, telling a little bit of a story here that I, I want you guys to hear. Todd's uh, oh, needing okay, some yes. encouragement well, here. So I, I want you to tell the story and then just put it out there to the audience. I don't know but, that it's, uh, I don't you know, know that it's encouragement. It's just real life. It is, you know? but we're because, here to encourage you anyway. Because here's, here's the thing that's going on. I, I realize that I have had a string of cars of late. And I've realized it's also all been my winter cars. Mm. A string of cars that make me nervous. And that has nothing to do with how much I like them. I've liked them all. Sure. But sure. the five the five thousand dollar hundred and eighty thousand mile mini, I couldn't believe it ran as well as it did. Was so there I a just, level of anxiety with that car? Yes, because I kept really? going it's a little too good to be true. I kept wondering what was the thing that was just going to suddenly spiral out of control mm. because it was a five thousand dollar Mini Cooper. And and it's probably still going it had, strong. It, I, and I'm sure to spite me, it is still <laughs> yes. running very well. Eric, you have to let me know. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, all of that. So the Mini gave me a little bit of that. Mm. Then I bought the Lancer, mm. and that that feeling continued. Now we've bought these big sedans. And while uh, while we are both genuinely enjoying these big Strange sedans, and we've feeling. got a really good TV episode coming with those and with new sedans, we've also got a, a YouTube piece coming that compares just those old sedans. Lots of content coming on those. Yeah, for sure. We're both genuinely enjoying driving them. They are a, a situation of constant anxiety because is something going to break? And then the thing beyond it, and how much is that going to cost? Yeah, money factors in absolutely. In the absolutely. this is this is simultaneously the horror and the fun. I mean, I'm aware of this. In the midst of this, <laughs> on a day to day basis, one is, is totally, totally more more on the scale than the other. Yes. They're never equal. In the midst of this, there's the Lancer, which I had kind of parked to the side for the winter mm-hmm. because I just thought, all right, I'm going to let it sit for a while, and when when I get the Phaeton up to where I feel confident about, it, which is about where I am now, I mean, okay. confident is relative. Then I'll probably sell the Lancer, right. maybe get my wife a Jeep, all this kind of stuff. Right, right. <clears throat> While going down the highway, as you may have heard, the Lancer had an engine problem. It has now been diagnosed, and the diagnosis is not good. It needs an engine. Yeesh. Uh, it needs an engine. So as you may have heard me mention on the podcast prior, and actually, Matt, thank you, man, you reached out on it. I had the wild, I'm a crazy car person thought, which is, I should put an Evo engine in this. Right. Because the truth is, you can actually right. get an Evo engine for about the same money as an old rally art engine, so why the heck would Which you do that? makes all kinds of sense. But why wouldn't you just put an Evo engine in? Absolutely. But let's be honest. Once that would be a build project, something would be unexpected. Something would go oh, awry sure. and it would cost sure. more. Sure. So the, the bottom end of this project is probably around five grand. Mm. And mm. truthfully, I just can't stomach spending that money on the Lancer. So I, hear you. I, hear you. I have a car I'm going to scrap, which I've never done. I have a car that has, and, and this was just the way we did it at the time, and I'm just being fully candid here. I have a car that we had a tiny little loan on when we got it, just because mm-hmm. that made the most financial sense the time we did it. Of course, now that's looking pretty boneheaded because, uh, yeah, the car is, uh, is essentially in need of a heart transplant, and I don't intend to do it because, I look, I'm a guy that, obviously, you've heard this podcast more than once. I'm a guy that loves cars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have no time or skill or patience or money to work on things that are broken. Time so is the biggest need to run. thing. Absolutely. And, and 2020 is already shaping up to be a huge year for yes. us. April and August are already booked pretty much solid. Totally. So I, so I have this Lancer now. That doesn't run, but mm. I've but I've put here's the thing I've updated all kinds of parts around the engine, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. taken good care of it, and now the engine decides to go, yay! So With now what, I have to 72, figure out 78,000 miles. miles, unbelievable. So I am taking a hit on it. The 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 the, mm. the reality that's happened since the last podcast of the Evo engine is just sitting down legitimately and going. What's the path of least resistance financially? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as horrifying as it is to say, the least resistance path is to just drop it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to hopefully sell it to somebody for, I don't know, a couple grand or so that wants to take it and put an engine in it. They'll end up with a car that is actually even putting money into it is worth more than they put in, which oh, is great. Absolutely. I would be the, 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 s- great. the massive other way of, the, of that equation. I'd yeah. be totally upside down. So that is my plan on the Lancer, which is not how I wanted to see that car go. Mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. is in the process. If you're a person out there that you say, I really want that car, hey, let me know because I am in that process right now. In the next few weeks, that car will go unceremoniously, which is a bummer, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. But now I really need the Phaeton to run. Uh, so, yeah, this is, but this is the opposite of car guy life. I've also realized yeah. what this really makes yeah. me want to do, honestly, 
is have a car that's pretty new that runs really well. <laughs> just for a while. Just, just there kind is of like that. A, just kind there of like a palate that. cleanse. I also <laughs> solved my four-car problem. I don't have four <laughs> cars did. anymore. You did inadvertently yeah, solve that. I accidentally solved that problem. And here's the thing. It's not like the, the Lancer was being hooned at the time. It was being driven down the freeway. Just and then normally, it decided, yeah. and I'm done. So, yeah. yay. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. All right. Well, if you've got a solution, thoughts, please uh, let us know. Write to us. And if you're interested and you are able to take that on as a build project, please contact us. And uh, Todd will talk you through all the details. It's going to need a tow. But anyway. It is. It might have to be flatbedded somewhere. (laughs) You're not going to drive it away. I'm just letting you know. (laughs) Well, we have a couple of debates that actually tie into this very much so. First from Brandon Mm -hmm. in Dallas, Texas. Down the rabbit hole we go. And he's got a situation where... He's got a friend who talked him into one car, and he wants to maybe (laughs) palate cleanse, kind of in the same situation. Totally. I thought about it as well. It definitely relates. It it relates. And it also, at some point, I'm I'm doing my best to make it happen, Mm. and that is... I know. You've you almost, see where it's coming. I, you've, you you guys people. will see it too. These are almost a swap. I, I read an article. I, it's like the game of memory. You remember that old oh, yeah, game? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, Which car now, was that one? Wait, yeah. where mm-hmm. was that? And totally. I matched that email with this one, and I think... Come on. I love it. Let's love do it. it. Somebody should buy the other person who is getting rid of a car, and somebody's interested in that particular one. I saw the thread All of both of those All we have to do yeah. is send you your emails and make the e-introduction, and here you go. I it. saw how uh, Brandon is feeling uh, <laughs> feeling what I'm feeling, and I saw how, uh, after the break, when we talk about Matt, you're going to be like, shouldn't he just swap with the... Anyway, That's I, the whole I saw idea. both of those, which is very funny. I'm hoping we can solve that. Um, yeah. What I'm also hoping is that when Brandon says he wants to trade up he means the truck and not the friend <laughs> oh absolutely yeah, yeah. That's anyway assumed, right? so yeah he says thanks That's to assumed. my dumb friend jason i bought this jeep over an older more reliable toyota suv <laughs> the jeep he's talking about is an xj cherokee that he has that he so wants to love and it's making it difficult yeah he says uh, he currently owns this xj an nd miata and a suzuki sv650 and mm-hmm. he says on paper it sounds like a fairly ideal garage yeah and he says the SV650 and the ND Miata are stock. Mm-hmm. But it's the XJ that is giving him the anxiety you and I are feeling completely, with our cars. Completely, yeah. It's got a moderate lift, 31-inch tires, winch, and bumper. And his intent was it was to do the light off-roading thing. Mm-hmm. Trails, mm-hmm. mountain biking, road trips, camping trips, other utilitarian kinds of uses. Sure. He has spent a good amount of money on the Jeep over the last year trying to make it reliable. And nice to drive. Nice for what it is. He says, I've got no expectations of it driving like a brand new car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the last year, he's replaced the heater core twice, the radiator, both front (laughs) hub assemblies, the steering box, the power steering pump. He's put in four new Bilstein shocks, added a hitch mount bike rack, and he's done a variety of other maintenance items that's just stuff that goes on that you want to do. And here's the problem when you do that. Because I've had this experience with the Lancer and other cars in my history, too, but certainly with the Lancer. When you start replacing that many things, you have this little tickle in the back of your mind that is, <laughs> could I have just solved it? Is that the last one that gets me over the hump and now it's just going to run? And you have that yeah. terrible thing in the back of your mind where you're like, if I cut loose now, is the next owner going to get the greatest car ever because I solved all the problems? And that keeps you kind of going Ugh. back to yeah. get slapped again because you just th- – I've been there. And then there's more money after that money that pours in. I've been there. Okay, if I'm solving this problem, I should really buy the more expensive thing to really solve the yes. problem. Yes, I've been there. And that's the problem is the, the more you put in, the more you think, I think I've solved it this time. <laughs> Have you? Have you? (laughs) That's what this is the problem. And and trust me, I I relate to this. It's like a drug in this part. Mm -hmm. Keep going. All right. So Brandon says we are now at the point where he's got a good deal invested in the Jeep and more than he'll be able to get from the sale of the car. Okay. But he continues to run into gremlins, he says. It's also very hard to find original parts for the car. And he's had to turn to aftermarket for a lot of the stuff, which frequently have fitment issues and quality issues and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Because of all these issues, he has not used it for what he intended. He can't trust it to take it down a trail, camping, light off-roading, mountain bike. He doesn't trust it. He says, I haven't been off-roading in over a year, doesn't have the confidence. On the other hand, he likes the Miata. He's got a sports car. Mm -hmm. And he says it's fun, but he's not particularly attached to it. Mm. This is a bold statement here, Brandon. If it were totaled tomorrow, he's not sure he would go out and buy another one. Okay. That's right. telling to me. It there's, is. It there's is. something to take note there. Yeah. He says it's got the daily driver needs. He says minus the bike transportation. And he says in his past, he's had a Honda Prelude, Mark 7 VW GTI, and a Fiesta ST. So he cool. knows. Good stuff. Fun Good stuff. cars. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, he's had some usual suspects, and he says, I like having a manual for the weekend. You know, it was nice driving the Jeep to work because of the traffic along the route that he has is very traffic heavy. A four-mile route Mm. that takes 30 to 45 minutes. Wow. Which... Which, yeah, he, I, I thought instantly, you could walk that that fast. Then he makes the comment where he said, I should be riding my bike, but it's Texas and it's hot and I have to wear a tie. I, I, <laughs> I totally that. relate to that. I do, <laughs> I do understand what you're saying. This is one of those situations. I, I hate to say it, Brandon, but I knew people that did this. Could you shower at work? Oh, interesting. Honestly. Maybe. maybe. Honestly, could you shower at work and bike to work? I knew people that did that. That is actually. an option. Because yeah, when, when, sure. when literally your traffic and, – and we lived in L.A. I've seen it in Texas as well. Your traffic is walking pace. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. Four miles in 45 minutes is like a brisk walk. <laughs> Seriously. I hate to suggest a bird or a lime, but, you know, there there is that. Yeah, if, don't if do you that. Could. Uh, well, but, but, well, <laughs> hang on. Hang on a second, though. Well, but see, if he was on a scooter, he'd still be in the suit. Again, can you he'd shower still, at work? Yeah, still shower at work. Back anyway, with sorry. S- separate right. thing. Separate thing. All right. So he owes money on the Miata. He suspects he could walk away from the car with about six grand in cash. He checked the trade-in value, and that would leave him with four thousand. He says, "I don't think it, I'd be hard to get extra two grand if he sold it, sold it himself." Okay. And the values of Cherokees, similar to the condition of his, he says, it "Looks like I could sell it." In the range of seven to eight, he'd like six, but he thinks he could sell it for seven or eight grand. Mm-hmm. He's not really in a hurry. So all this means he would have about a ten to $14,000 pile of cash. Okay. That's a down payment. Got it. He'd like be it. willing to finance up to 20. That is my upper limit. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. limiting me. 20 grand. But he said for the right car, he would consider selling the bike too, the Suzuki. Okay. He could so get about three grand for that. Yeah. So we're in the mid-30s here, theoretically, which is great. Mid-30s? I'm thinking just that would get him to 20. If well, maybe no, if, if he financed got, it, if he's got the ten to 15, ten to, uh, to fourteen plus twenty, we're at, we've broken thirty, oh, and well, then we not, add the bike. Not twenty. It's he would be willing to finance up to twenty. Oh, up to twenty. Sorry, I misread. You're right. Okay, sorry. Apologies. But he, yeah, keep he going. says you know having that bike sale would help the budget yeah, a little would, bit. Yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah. So he's not necessarily tied to two cars. He likes it, but he's looking for maybe a naturally aspirated V8 mm-hmm. rear wheel drive. He says he doesn't like the Camaro. He likes the Mustang. His girlfriend hates the Mustang because of the stigma. Mustangs. <laughs> she she likes crowds. She doesn't want a Mustang. I understand. I get it. He's looked at used Corvettes. I'm sorry. I know that's the cliche, it's but awful. that's where we're going. That's where we're going. Apparently, the roads in Dallas are terrible. I've I've only been driven around. I've only Ubered through Dallas briefly to the airport, and I, I mean, it was it's, a long time ago. It's the infrastructure problem that exists in Atlanta and L.A. and all these places, and that is – Constant traffic beating up the roads constantly, and there's never a time to shut them and really close them. When you do, that project takes years. This is the problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right. So now he and his friend Jason are at the point where they're oh, drinking that beer. That friend that helped you the first time <laughs> yeah. with the Jeep. That friend who's listening now, by the way. Hi, man. Yeah. They, they're uh, drinking many beers, yeah. musing over this predicament. They've spent a lot of time thinking about this, and Brandon's about to just turn everything in and go for the beigeness of conformity and buy a comfy forerunner. <laughs> I don't think either of us recommend that for you. Okay, I agree. I, agree. I, I don't yeah. know what your choices are, Tom, yeah. but I, I don't think that's where we're at. I went all over, and then I think I've got your car. Really? Okay, good. Brandon, I think good, I've good. landed like on it. it. You remember, it's a short commute. It's not like we're doing a 60-mile commute and we're moving. It's Agreed. a short commute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe manual. I think, Brandon, 2020 is your year. Okay. It's time to clean house. All right. I am recommending you sell it all. I am too. Sell it I all. I am too. Let's, it's clean slate it's time. A I do fresh, agree. It's a fresh, clean start. Because I have the same thought. Keep going. It's time for tough love, Brandon. Uh-oh. This is for your health. <laughs> Physical and mental. For your love of cars. Here we go. Yep. Sell the Jeep. And you're not smitten with the Miata. Sell that too. Sell the bike. All right. So you're calculating that he's dealing with mid-20s. Uh, I'm, I'm, he's given me a cap of 20. I'm really trying to stay there. Well, but he says on. 20 grand as I financed read this, it. I, mean, I suppose you could read two ways. I read it as if he's got 10, 10 or so in cash, he could finance up to another 20. That's how I read that. Oh, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was on top of that. Either I, way. I got the idea was just, okay. So you're dealing with probably max. 20 grand. All right, keep going. So I've got two options for you. The, the first option is it's a consideration because you mentioned okay. You've, you have the Jeep. You've mm-hmm. wanted this off-road yeah. lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned the 4Runner. 
you need to go find a 2012, 2013, or 2014 Porsche Cayenne V6. Oh, I see where you went. It gives you some light off-roading, and it is mm-hmm. seriously one of the better handling, if not the best handling, SUV for its size and class mm-hmm. that will still be fun on a road. It will be fun on a curvy road. It's astounding. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe me, I dare you. You're, you're talking how new? 2013, 2014. So you're getting into second is, gen. Is right in that second gen. That's the new yeah. body style change. Yeah, yeah. 2012 was the prior gen. The 2013s uh, had... No, it was up Cayenne. to 2014. It was up, up 20, 2010 was the generation I have. Then it jumped at 2011 was the beginning of the next gen. So you're in the next gen, which is great. Yeah, the next gen. The second yeah, gen, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the headlights and taillights change a little bit between yeah, those... Yeah, about 14s or so. Yeah, yeah. You know, between those generations. So somewhere in there... V6, and I know you're thinking, oh no, Porsche, it's going to be unreliable. None of that. Todd's Porsche. Todd's wife's it's Porsche. It's the best Cayenne. car we have ever owned. Here we go. This is a ringing endorsement. Now, they've kept is, up, up with the maintenance. Yes, You've we have. On top it is it. truly the best car I've ever owned. And my wife looked at me recently and she said, we can never sell this car because it's the only thing we know that always works. You heard my story earlier. <laughs> my wife is like, the Cayenne stays. What's the mileage so, yeah, on that now? Hundred Almost 130,000. Yeah. So if you buy one for seventy and you drive it for three years, yeah, yeah, or yeah. four years or five years, now you're at the same mileage. It's going to run. I like this. Keep on top of the mileage. It gives you the light off roading, mm-hmm. the space. And I love since this. you wear a tie, you're going to roll in. People are going to say, "What? How much are you making now?" Yeah, rocking the Porsche. This is my minimal option. I have the car for you, Brandon. I like that one though. That's good. That's really it's good. interesting. Well done. Very well done. Yeah, yeah. You said rear-wheel drive V8. You don't okay. like the Camaros. Your girlfriend doesn't want a Mustang, and I don't think a Challenger is for you. Okay. So you need to look hard and fall okay. in love with the fifth-generation 2004 to 2006 Pontiac GTO. Oh. Really nice ones are fifteen grand. Yeah, they are. The 2004 models had the 5.7-liter mm-hmm. LS1 mm-hmm. V8 with 350 yeah. horsepower. But if you go to 2005 and 2006, they came with that 6-liter LS2 V8. Yeah, they did. 400 horsepower. I found you a 2005 with 47,000 miles. The floor mats are still wrapped in plastic, black on black, <laughs> perfectly clean for 18.5. Oh, done. Done. It's the muscle car. It's rear-wheel drive. Yeah. It's V8. Yeah. Your commute is not far that would not justify spending that kind of money on a thirsty 6-liter V8 on, on the fuel for that. Yeah. It's just It'll a short. You're going to be idling, time. but still. <laughs> it's a, you're going to fall in love with these. Go looking for 05 and 06 Pontiac GTOs. Hmm. It's a fresh, clean year for you, my friend. You did well. You did well there. It's going to be like great that. for road trips. Yeah. You can put bikes on it. There's plenty of space. Nobody knows what it is. You just don't see them. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could rebadge. You could go the Holden Monaro thing and sure totally rebadge it yeah, and be yeah, like, yeah. what is this interesting yeah. thing? The the really nice ones, I mean, you can find one for 8 to 10. Yeah, you They've can, got higher sure. mileage and yeah, it'll yeah, be yeah, fine. Sure. But if you want something special, spend mm. 12, 15, 18. And that's right in your budget. You've got something totally different. Manual, automatic, whatever your flavor is, whatever Look you decide. You. Pontiac GTO, my friend. Well done. Thank I actually you. think you, you were inspired on this one. I don't feel like I did nearly that well. I like both of those. Of course, I have to endorse the Cayenne because, again, that's the car I have that I never think about. I keep looking that as the paramount example. I keep thinking, all right, well, Todd's is just running. They keep mm-hmm. putting money in for maintenance, oil changes, and whatever yeah. it needs. Yeah. And it just – I you pick me up in it, you know, run to the airport. Great, doesn't it? Yeah. It's tight. It's crisp. It mm-hmm. handles well. Totally. The door slam is solid. <laughs> This is how I measure. This is how you measure. You know, yeah, over know. years, yeah, yeah. like you know, it's scientific. It really is. <laughs> no, it's not. I do love that. I have a couple that I want you to think about because I agree with you, Paul. I think this is sell at all time. It's it's you need a palate cleanser, mm-hmm. okay? And I also think you need. Now you you went more used than I went, okay? Because I and okay. I'm in my current personal headspace here, and I'm admitting that it affects me for Brandon. But I think Isn't you that need something though? close to new. Okay. So that you can feel like, <laughs> like it's reliable. Let's shop at a and dealership. I, and, I'm, and I'm assuming, and I'm not going full new, but I'm assuming you're dealing with around 25 grand. Okay. All okay. Right. Maybe you've got 30 if you, th- maybe if you get lucky, but I'm assuming about 25 okay. grand. Okay. Right. So in that world, I have three I want you to look at. All right. They're very different, 
But if you really want to do the off-road thing, if that really is a thing for you that you want to get into, but you need to do all the other stuff as well, get a WRX. Just go get a WRX. Yeah, for sure. Just go embrace it. Does the commute bother you enough that you want to be in the CVT? No, we don't like CVTs, but among them, that is the best. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you could have the automatic if you wanted, and then you've got the WRX. And, of course, do you want to go crazy and tune it? You're a guy that kind of tunes. You, You left the other two stock you mentioned, but you actually have done stuff to the Jeep. Get a WRX, be happy. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure, that's sure. a that is a in my opinion that is a perfectly good solves the problem and is still fun. Okay, so I have to start right, there. Right now, two others couldn't be more different from each other, and you kind of lose your off roading in the process. Okay, so I don't know how important that is to you in the grand scheme. One is go get yourself a two twenty eight i BMW, lovely with the eight speed. Automatic. Those are just new and tight, and they run. But I'm talking about a few, I'm talking about a few years old. Yeah, you don't have to get a well. Brand I mean, in comparison to yeah. an XJ Cherokee, totally. they're, absolutely, they're sparkling new. Absolutely. So know. they made it last week by comparison. Exactly. I get it. Yes. yes. So get one of those. It, it, look, it's got a four cylinder with like 250 horsepower. That's fine. Trust me, it, it's going yeah. to be more powerful and more fun than you think. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh, yeah. And because of what it is, you show up in a suit in the off at the office, and you're great. Totally. You want an automatic? Fine. You want to pull the paddles in because you're on a back road. On the rare times you find that in, outside Dallas, you're still going to enjoy yourself. <laughs> right. So 228i, right. and then the last one. If you want to be in fun, that is the fun thing that I could actually see you throwing a, a bike on the back anytime, and it, it can be a little rugged and playful, but is still just fun and decent to commute in as well. Veloster N. Those are so cool. They're they're great. They're now so that is cool. that is a six speed manual. You are you are actually rowing your own gears on the commute. How bad is your commute? How willing are you to do that? That is not a difficult manual. It's not not like ow my my leg hurts. It's not one of those manuals. Sure, okay? sure. But it is genuinely a lot of fun, <laughs> and it's got yeah. a great amount of personality. Yeah. If the road opens up, you're going to love that car. You're not going to do a whole lot of off roading, but throw your bike on that. Let's go somewhere. Veloster ends are cool. Yeah, they're they're excellent. Have any of you ever driven a car that has enough torque in it where you can, in first gear, just let the clutch out and you can just creep along with yeah. your feet oh, yeah, off yeah. the gas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's your, like, transmission creep. You just, yeah. I'm slowly creeping in traffic, the clutch is out, my foot's off the gas, and the engine's just, yep. come on, just enough to move the car at two miles an hour. I did that in sixth gear in a Hellcat once, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now that engine has some torque, and you're you're able to do it in any gear. You're able to do it in like tenth gear. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. It's like whatever. Let's just do that. But yes, you could do that. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for writing to us. Write us your stories, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website everydaydriver.com. You can find the contact button under the About yes, tab in the top do. right corner. Please do. Love to hear from you guys. Tell us your stories. Bring your Topic Tuesdays. We're in the middle of a Topic Tuesday series, but keep them coming. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing all of them. The weather's changing, but the sun is still out, and it's baking your car's interior. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code every day right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. You might not be buying a car right now, but you're probably still looking. We're all looking all the time, and it seems like there's always a new place to search. That's why we love Autotempest.com. With Autotempest, you can only enter your search one time and see results from Cars.com, eBay, all of Craigslist, and many more. Or you can jump to AutoTrader or CarGurus without entering anything new. Your same search on a new site. So if you're looking for fun or you need a car right now, don't search all over. Start at Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. Matt G. is in Durham, North Carolina, Mm -hmm. writing to us for a second car. Yeah. Do you remember what I said at the top of the podcast about trying to make the pink slips happen? I'm trying to make one buyer buy a car from another. Matt, meet Brandon. Brandon, meet Matt. <laughs> Brandon, I hear, has an XJ Cherokee. I wonder what, what <clears throat> Matt wants. Matt, are you listening? All right. So Matt's been listening a while. As a matter of fact, he has. He's been introduced to the podcast by his friend Kyle, who we did a car debate last year. We got a lot of friends being simultaneously good and cool. bad influences on their other friends here. I like this. It's good. Matt's got a 2014 BMW 335i M Sport. Okay. Got in All 2017. Right, he said the car was lowered when he bought it, but he's added an intake strut brace, a flash tune. Mm-hmm. And he says it's fast. It's a joy to drive. But he... He flinches. He mm-hmm. cringes yeah, yeah, yeah. going in and out of steeper driveways due to the scraping. 
He's already lost two splitters from hitting objects in the road. And his previous car was an 05 325i. So he's a BMW guy. All right. I like it. It works. So think second car. Okay. And this would be one that could more easily get out of a parking lot. (laughs) Something with 31-inch tires and on-lifted Bilsteins. Yeah, certainly. Something like that. And he says, I want to carry the occasional large item. Is that large item a floor-standing ATM machine by any chance, Matt? <laughs> Easy. Like, what, what sort of large item Whoa. are we talking here? <laughs> you, went, you went straight to grand theft. I like it. That's awesome. Yeah, I okay. want to get out of a parking lot, and I want to carry a large item. Is that an ATM machine? <laughs> Do you need to un... What are we... We're hauling here? chains to get there <laughs> at a cutter, and then I need to haul it away. I know and I'm I need reading to get between it. the lines that's, here and that's all. That's terrible. But, you know, you, what sort of large... You, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be writing scripts while we do this podcast. <laughs> that's a bad combination and it was for singular. you. In his, yes. in his email, it was one... A large item. Large item. I've come here for your ATM. <laughs> I brought guessing. my Cherokee. And we keep joking the Cherokee because he said, I'm currently... It, look, just sorry. Did you, did you hear the front half of the podcast? Yeah. Matt, uh, I, he said, he's, I'm currently interested in late 90s, early 2000s Jeep Cherokees. Guess what? That is an XJ Cherokee. And our friend Brandon in Dallas really wants out of his. And if you listen to the first half of the podcast, we think he might have solved all the problems. Uh-huh. We're not really sure. And he's but poured we think he may it. have. Yeah. Matt, he's poured a bunch of money into it because Matt likes that boxier design. Yes. And he said he thinks would be a good car to improve his wrenching abilities. Boy, does Brandon have wrenching abilities available to you. No Opportunities kidding. abound, yes. Hello. All right. He's also interested in wagons like the all-road. He mm-hmm. said something automatic would be preferred. Aren't Jeep Cher- XJ Cherokees automatics? I think so. I think last time and, I and checked. And his budget is around thirteen grand. And I, you know, I'm, huh. I'm not going to tell you again. I'm not going to tell you, Matt. But you're going to have to rewind and find out. Brandon actually told us what he wants for his Jeep. So this is this is it's kismet. It, it just works. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. The only other recommendation I have for you, if you're looking for wagons, is your former car, the Saab 92X. Oh, you went to Subaru, okay? Because you roll it into a, a Subaru dealer for service. Well, and you go to your local auto parts store and go, I have an 05 WRX, and they go, Which parts do you need? <laughs> I mean, there are piles of them. Exactly. Yeah, Do you have any back. parts that have three car company brand names on them? Fuji, Saab, and Subaru? Yeah. By any chance, do you have any of those? Kind well, that's of parts? the funny thing about it is you you go in and you buy the Subaru parts and they're perfect and they cost you less than if you went on to Saab whatever and got the Saab part, which is just a rebadged version of the other part. It's exactly. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But that's just you know the the really out outlier okay. conversation all right. All right. here because you know that the XJ Cherokee is going to happen, right? It's got to happen. Theoretically, got to happen. I actually thought about look, you're a BMW guy. Have you thought about finding yourself a nice three series wagon? be great just a non-lowered three series wagon if you want to be a bmw guy now granted this is second car so if you're keeping the other bmw you don't probably don't i mean i'm guessing he's dual keeping that garage yeah yeah probably you know, so you have a wagon and a sedan which you know that means you'd be like the super freak bmw guy well indeed which is okay do you need an suv that's my other question i mean look you, you said you you want to get it this is hang on i want to unpack this one direction real quick matt and that is you say to us i have a lowered bmw that scrapes on stuff leaving parking lots. Because he's been trying to carry the ATM machine in that It's thing. too bad. He, he's That's got a, why you're scraping He's got a lowered that. BMW that scrapes. He wants to get a car that doesn't do that, so he jumps to SUV. Wait, there's, there's plenty of middle ground. A normal car at normal <laughs> ride height will probably not scrape. I'm just saying. It's, you don't have to jump big. Yeah. I mean, on all roads, even got that little lift. You don't need a lift. You just need a normal riding car, okay, which opens up the world <laughs> exactly. to you immensely. There's all kinds of he stuff. Could do, honestly, he could do, forget all road for a minute, uh, uh, the A4 Avant like you had. So it's the wagon version Sweet. of the A4 is very cool. The wagon version of the BMW is cool as well. But uh, you could do those. What about an old, because you'd have to for your budget, but an old East E-Class wagon? Oh, super What's cool. What's the most E-Class wagon you can get for your budget? Be careful of the maintenance that's been done. But what about that? Uh, we've got a friend in town here that's had one. They actually just sold their old one, got a newer one. It's still, it's still used. But- Every E-Class they've had has been their best car. The next 7-Eleven that you go to, take a tape measure with you. <laughs> You're just stuck in a rut. <laughs> and you, you're going to want to measure the exterior dimensions of the ATM machine. I can't believe that's where you went. Fit in. Okay. The... Matt, I don't believe you're trying to, to rob anything, <laughs> but apparently you have one big item to carry, so uh, be careful. Yeah. All right. It's a TV. Fine. All right. We'll jump into questions. We've got to jump in here to this particular one from Jason Donovan on Facebook, asking us on ways to improve traffic flow. Mm. Jason spends a lot of time in China and has been recently impressed with their highway systems. They're similar to the U.S., but he says each lane has a mandated speed. Each lane has a Mm -hmm. mandated Mm -hmm. speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of just one overall speed, as we all have in the U.S. 
So the left lane is fastest, middle lane is a little slower, and then the slow lane obviously is the posted speed right there. Yeah. It says tractor trailers are not allowed in the fast lane as they're designated to the slow and the middle lanes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How could we implement this in the United States? What's interesting, Jason, I don't know if you know this, but California is one of the states that does this. There are states, and it's a state-by-state law, there are states that do not allow 18-wheelers in the far left lane. I thought it was all of them. I could be – I, I stand I corrected. I don't think it's all. Because anyway. it's it's trailers. It's not the 18-wheelers. It's the laws about trailering. Mm-hmm. You can't do a trailer. But mm-hmm. I think it does vary with length and you know overall uh, uh, weight, you I, know, that kind of thing. Because I don't think that law applies in Utah. I know the trailering law does. Really? Oh, yeah. The far Out of the far left lane? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I remember in California, they were very strict about it, and those guys stayed out of the left lane in California. Mm-hmm. So uh, there, it's a state-by-state thing as far as I know it, and that would help. But the problem that he's touching on, and I want you to answer further, but the problem he's touching on is the thing we keep coming back to is how on earth would we increase driver instruction in this, in this country? And that's difficult. I think near impossible. You're touching on that, and that's right where it comes down to is driver instruction because I think all of us have fallen into lazy habits. Mm-hmm. I know I do. I, I yeah. pass somebody, and then I inadvertently stay in the left lane when I probably should get over one lane. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think, all right, I'm the big dog, and I'm you know, cruising on my Maserati. <laughs> I'm going to pass you in my Maserati. Because when you're driving the Maserati, you instantly think, I'm the big dog. That's what happens. That's, yeah. that's, that, that's just, the disease right there. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I'm driving a Quattroporte. Come on. I'm going to pass you. So I think that it would come down to driver education. But how do you do that? Mm-hmm. We have decades of ingrained habits in all of us. It just legacy driving, just ingrained. Yeah, true, and I think true, people true. have forgotten just the basics. I believe the driver's handbook in every U.S. state does say the left lane is for passing, is designated as the be. passing yeah. lane. Some states actually enforce this more than others. Yeah. Yeah, You'll yeah. see reminders and say, it's for passing only, yeah. you know, tickets and fines. If you're not, slow traffic, stay out of that left lane. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be really tough to just suddenly switch over. It would be a nationwide campaign. It would yeah, be, be difficult. a massive undertaking by the federal government. It's like that thing that's happened in a few countries in the last 20 years where they were driving on the right-hand side of the road and they swapped to left-hand side. And they literally – there's a few countries in the world that have done this in the last 20 years. And it's funny to listen to the logistics of it because they literally go to like midnight one night. And at midnight, everybody swaps. And you wake up the next morning <laughs> and now you're on the other side of the road. How badly does that go for the first week is what I always wondered. But anyway, yeah. All right. I, I think it. Uh, I think it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. I don't even think there's an outside chance you could do this because it would mean just a massive re-education campaign. And then – all those old habits slip back in. You'd still yeah, be- it, well, it's just the driving instruction here, the the entry, and I hate to say this, you know, but the the, the bar for entry is way too low. It needs to be more. I, I I genuinely hate to say this, but I think it's the answer. In the the first answer, I think it needs to be a more difficult round of testing, and it needs to cost more to do it. I agree, and Jason, I think the only way it could happen is as legislators recognize the onslaught of autonomy Mm, mm. and start to push on city and federal governments to prepare for autonomous lanes and, you know, Mm. transportation authorities to build autonomous features Mm, and that kind of thing. I think that is probably the only opportunity to introduce the rest of what you're talking about. Okay, and a lane As hierarchy we, that is instigated exactly. because we've got to have autonomy. Because now, now this new lane exists okay. for autonomous. All right. We're rethinking right. everything, okay. everyone. Sure. And we've got the new lane, and okay, here's the rethinking of the new stretch of highway. That's good. That's I like that. That's only I see that. real entry into rethinking it and re-educating the public on this. Wow. That's interesting. That's a good call. Ted the Theologian said, uh, sorry, yeah, Ted Theo Logan, I always misread that, said on Instagram, when was the last time we drove 10 tenths? I think there's a question behind this question, which <laughs> is, does anybody ever drive 10 tenths? I think is what he's asking. But I actually do have an answer for this. And the answer for me is Spa this year in the Cayman GTS. Oh, yeah. By the end of the day, I was driving that car as hard as I possibly could. There wasn't a yeah. layer in me beyond the level that I was driving. It, please don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean I couldn't be a better driver. Yes, I could be. Sure, but I was sure. at the place where I was stretching myself and pushing a little harder than I did the last lap and really driving it for all it was worth. Hmm. And that's, yeah. that's the first time in a long time I felt the freedom. Because we also were in a situation where you and I weren't talking to camera by the end of that day. 
That's true. Most of the time when you and I are in a car, especially even on track, we are still engaging with the camera. And mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. by its nature requires a level of I have to have a little bit of my brain over here, so I need to pull back just a smidge. We weren't talking to camera. We weren't worried about passengers. By the end of that day at Spa, also, the folks that are left are the folks that are really trying to squeeze every bit out of the day, and it's thinned out a lot. Right. And right. I was I was driving as hard as I could. I was having a blast, too. Yeah, we <laughs> – ah, the days. As a matter of fact, I'll bring up the Spec Racer Ford. When you and I were on – That's another good one. Hoosiers, That's another good one, yeah. I know I was at 10 tenths on a few corners, and I was flat to the floor – with entry speed, and I just thought, all right, now's the time. Yeah. Let's see if she hangs on. Yep. And it did. Yeah. That was... That's, that is, that's another that really good... That was very intense for me. Yeah, for sure. All right. Jake Ramey asks, what do we think is the youth car of today? What is hmm. the car that is being made for the youth of the country? Well, for all the, the youngins. <laughs> What's the car for the young people? I don't know what voice <laughs> that is. Please ask anyway. it in that voice. Yeah. I th- Scion is gone. Yes, it is. I think that thinking is gone. I think that is being beaten out of car manufacturers that are now looking at demographic data about people buying. We should you know, make a CUV. Oh, yeah. You know what we need to make is another CUV. You know what we haven't made yet this year? Another CUV. You know what? We we could find a CUV slotting in between those two right there. They're you like $2,000 apart. If if we try, we could do another CUV with a CVT. Sorry, was all that too sarcastic? No, it's fine. <laughs> I think it's going to be tech, but as far as tech is concerned, we're not there at a price point that I could afford when I was in my 20s, which was just last week, by the way. <laughs> Recently, yeah. I, I I think tech would have appealed to me. As you know, I'm, I'm very all about it. I love it. I love the old school feeling of analog. I, I'm, I'm very conflicted sometimes. You are. You are, for sure. But I do like that, and I think tech is increasingly that way. I don't mm. think there's going mm. to be a car brand that's focused on that. No. Science gone. I think it's gone for good. I think that sort of headspace for that we make a sub brand for a market segment. Yeah, maybe yeah. Because it's going to be feature based, and it's mm. going to either be mm. this flavor of that car. It's going to be the entry flavor of the Tesla Model sure. Three. Yeah, yeah. yeah versus sure. you know the retired couple who can afford to load one up to sixty two thousand mm. dollars. I couldn't have done that, and you know I could barely squeeze into a Honda Accord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. We know what it's like, so I think tech will be the the leader there. But tech isn't in a price point now that like a, a Scion mm-hmm. would be. You know, you can't yeah. go buy a tech heavy car for sixteen thousand dollars or twenty one thousand dollars. You can't. Mm. You just get kind of the basics. Yeah. Fair so point. you got to go backwards, which is not a bad thing. You got to go older cars because. I like that. It teaches people, you know, what older cars feel like. And then as you yeah. make more money throughout your career, hopefully, and you work up to something, and then you can decide what's for you. Got a great one here from uh, Randy Dunning Jr. says, how do I convince my wife that buying a cheap sports car is perfectly fine? This is what you're talking about. As as generally, and a broad that was brush almost a Randy here. Travis voice there. Broad, Just- broad, broad strokes here. As we age... We typically try to buy nicer, more expensive stuff. Mm-hmm. Cars follow, houses follow. That's just kind of how, how we are. The way you live at 50 is not the way typically you lived at 25. Mm-hmm. Okay? Sure. Doesn't necessarily mean you live better or worse, but just you live differently and typically with a higher price tag. They have escalated through their cars. They had an RX-8. They had a C5 Corvette. Now they have an F-Type Jag. You see the progression there, okay? Yes. You can see the progression of the buyer, and you can see the progression of the income. So he would like to buy. He's missing small, tiny, cheap stuff. Hmm. And his wife is going, we're not stepping backwards. We're not doing that. <laughs> it, it, it's essentially, we bought the really nice house. Why are we going to go buy the junk house again? Why are we going to buy our first house again? Because we have this nice house now. With, this is the conversation. Sure, sure. The, the discussion here, Randy, and I don't, I don't know that you're going to be able to navigate this well, but here is the thing. What you're buying is an experience you don't currently have. And, and look, I, and your wife's probably listening, so i gotta, I got to step really carefully here. Easy. But, but here's, here's yeah. the other part of it. We always talk about the joke of don't trade up spouses, trade up cars. You guys stay happily married and, and, and navigate this happily married. Okay, that's the key thing here. But you know that thing that happens when a marriage goes awry and either party, by the way, decides to get themselves somebody half their old spouse's age? Celebrity magazines are full of this the, phenomenon, and, by the way. And, and I, I actually heard somebody that was a counselor, okay, 
make the comment where they said uh, a 60-year-old that marries a 25-year-old is awesome when he's 60. Or Actually, he said 60 and 40 is awesome when they're 60 and 40. You don't want to see him when she's 60 and he's 80 <laughs> because it starts to get ugly. Anyway, but uh, and this is a, a marriage council. It doesn't matter. But right, the point I'm right. making here is you're looking for that simple, small, light, cheap, young experience in your car, not your wife. Yes. Okay. This is this is the opposite experience of what you have everywhere else, and you can do it with cars with no fallout. Mm. Okay. You want to have a totally different experience. If if she if if your wife for consequence free environment theoretically, if if she theoretically wanted to do uh, a girls trip that was like the girls trip she did in college. There's you cruise would, ships designed specifically for this, by the way. Yes, yeah, a whole separate thing. You, you could argue, why would you do that? You're not in college anymore. Well, but it's the girls from college. You can see why. This is what the small, cheap sports car is. It's an experience we don't have now. And the other thing about it that I've been thinking about a lot is we've had this Miata RF, and I have my Lotus that I love. <laughs> it's an itch. There's a, there's a preciousness factor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's things with that Jag F-Type. And I, and I want to say this to your wife as well now, that you guys are never going to do with that F-Type. Because I don't want to do that with it. I, what if what if we ding it? it? It costs a lot of money. It's really nice. I don't want to do fill in the blank. Jump the bridge in the neighborhood? Sure. At Why not? Yeah, let, let, you know what? The railroad tracks have got a nice hump to them, and the landing's decent, too. <laughs> I never anyway, did that in a friend's yeah, of course GTI didn't. hanging out the sunroof. I did not do yeah, that. You didn't, you didn't do it at all. But, but So this is what I'm saying. If you buy a Miata for ten grand, and you want to go sideways in a parking lot, do that. Yeah. I you want to do that in the Jag F-Type, you're going to have a conversation about... Should we? Because what if it goes wrong? If it goes wrong, let's say you get one of those Miatas that's four or five grand. Even better. If it goes wrong in your disposable four or five grand Miata, it's a bummer. You can increase your speed, though. Yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> for the jump, but, we but could the consequences, go even faster on The financial consequences are less. This is the reason for a small, cheap sports car. And what I'm hoping is I've somehow navigated this for you guys, for you guys to have a conversation and now not a fight. <laughs> All right. There's three folks asking about tech, as a matter of fact, on Instagram. Well, actually, a combination of Facebook and Instagram. Benzin217, Kelvin Tamayo, and Steve Urban are all asking about the Las Vegas Auto, actually, CES mm-hmm. 2020. Specifically, the Sony electric concept that was introduced. And Benzin217 is asking about thoughts on the design or technology. Yes, as you have admitted here, it's super unlikely ever to go to, into production, although Sony has not specifically said what their plans are for the future with this car. It is currently a sure. showpiece that actually, I think, looks way better than a Tesla Model 3. Mm-hmm. It looks really well done. It's yeah. sensitive. It's interesting. It looks production ready. It's not just, wow, crazy show car with a awesome stereo that's mm-hmm. not what they did they're showcasing all this technology and kind of teasing here's the directions we're going we're going to touch on automotive we're going to touch on this area you know lidar solid state lidar and sensors and all this sure, kind of stuff sure, sure yeah really interesting choice to do that with which tells me the importance of the automotive industry to every tech company mm-hmm. sony mm-hmm. Yeah. designing and manufacturing a car built by magna steyer the same company okay. building Supras and BMW Z4s. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're a contract builder, contract manufacturer. Yep. They spent real money on this. They did. Well, but but you, you bring up the right point, and that is it's funny because Sony, being a huge tech company known for being cutting edge in tech forever, looked around clearly one day at a board meeting and went, everybody in tech is building a car. Should we build a car? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, do you know anything about cars? Let's build a car. Apparently tech people are doing cars. And here we are. I mean, car manufacturers started using CES to introduce bits and pieces of tech. Sony's <laughs> now it's whole cars. Sony's done the whole thing now. As a matter of fact, now the Fisker Ocean and all this stuff. I, I get it. Forget the PlayStation Five. What about the PlayStation Car? That's where we're headed. Yeah, yeah seriously, ter- terrible. To be honest, it's very interesting. I like how it looks. I like what Sony has done and what they're doing and where they're thinking. It's a bit of the Dyson thinking. Remember how Dyson mm-hmm. brand was toying with the electric car the last news that i have heard is they're not because they went way down the road building cars are hard yeah they went way down the road until they discovered this is both difficult and expensive and then they went let's not do that i think apple walked into that same room full of brakes Mm -hmm. wow building actual cars is kind of hard it's it's a lot of pieces to make one product well and i've said before and i'll say it here again the problem with cars versus anything you build in tech 
is the level of safety you have to build. You're not yes. building your tech thing to have nearly the safety restrictions of your car. Oh, absolutely. And once you get into all of that kind of legal quagmire, best of luck navigating that. Yeah, anyway. No kidding. No kidding. It's, it's interesting. It's fascinating. I'm glad they're doing it. I'm glad they're pushing on it. But for them to actually build a car, that's, that's an entirely different level. But as far as introducing tech, the automotive industry is where it's at. It continue will continue to be. Mm. But notice, mm. nothing about that is about a driving experience. No, of course not. Not a thing. Why do we care about driving. Yeah, why that? Jesus has got a great couple of questions. Let's see if I can answer these quickly. I'm going to do them in reverse order. His second question was, he feels like, and we talked about it as well, Lincoln has experienced a turnaround. Very cool. Could Infinity do this? Mm. Or what would Infinity have to do to make that happen? I think the problem with Infinity is the fact that it is not a global brand and it is not a car that is built on a series of cars that that give it the right start. Mm. Okay, If you look what's below Infinity, which is Nissan, what is Nissan making? Front-wheel drive CVTs for the average person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, And trying to sell them in volume. We just drove the Nissan Rogue. This is their highest volume car. You get a very good sense Amazing. of the company in that regard. Yeah. Infinity is trying to be BMW or Mercedes or whatever. Rear-wheel drive, luxurious. You have no platforms to build on. Mm-hmm. Lincoln yeah. can pull from stuff Ford is doing and apply it. There's nothing really for Infinity to pull from. And Nissan's a big company, but there's not great stuff to pull from there. I think that's the big problem. And I also don't think they are a well enough established or known or volume brand with a history that that kind of infrastructure I mean, is going to be bought in on it. Since 1990. Exactly, exactly. Well, light history. His, his other question was the Alpha 4C. We've talked about our experience on it, and then we don't love it at the extremes of handling. Do we think it could be solved with tires and alignment? No, but kind of. Here, here's where I'm headed. I don't know the full kit because I haven't looked at it completely, but I have looked into it a little bit because those cars still intrigue me. There is supposedly a fixed kit, Jesus, and I, I don't know everything it involves. I know there are spacers involved. I know there are degrees of spacers involved. I have not broken down to see exactly what it does, but apparently somebody took it on themselves to play R&D hmm. and has figured out a spacers kit and different things to do with alignment and these spacers and tire choices to, quote-unquote, solve the handling issues and make it handle as well or better than the Elise. I have not done this personally. I have not driven one of these. It supposedly exists enough that when I have dug into it, you can find there's the kit. You can just buy it. And you can find your degree from I'm a guy that daily drives to I'm a track version, and there's variants of that as well. So there is a, quote-unquote, fix. Without having personal experience, I don't know, but there's something out there. Yeah, for sure. have to drive it. A quick thought on uh, the Infinity concept here. Hal Bullock also asked a a question similar to that. How are you doing, Hal? Uh, He said, you know, what does Infinity need to do to acquire this German brand cachet? I think they need to do nothing. They need to forge their own path. But have you noticed Nissan is – they're, they're real quiet with everything going on in the news about their former CEO. Carlos just, is making a spy movie, so Nissan needs to keep there. their head down. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a cool movie when that comes out. But <laughs> I think could, about – I could rant on that for a minute, but keep going. I know, I know. But uh, you know, think about the silence that we're hearing from Nissan mm-hmm. as far as products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not – hearing about the upcoming new 370 next thing Hello? hearing about the new cool yeah. fun yeah. entry level sports car or just hey we're taking tech in a new direction we're seeing concept cars mm. but infinity also is rather quiet yeah. now we have not seen any of the work former classmate of kareem habib has done he is now with kia mm-hmm. as a senior director but we have not seen any of the work he's done but some concepts from infinity indicate they might wipe out their entire product portfolio and do all electric or, you know, kind of here's our new Mm. concept of what everything is as far as the future. It's more along the lines of lucid motors, in my opinion. Okay. All right. All right. But they could do that and then kind of create their own brand rather than trying to chase the Germans and keep up. Okay. Merely thoughts. I like that. That's good stuff. Uh, Tristan asked a couple of questions. First off, he said, is there a market for a Hellcat Pacifica? I don't know if there is. We joked about it last time. I'm going to go with no, but it's Uh, cool. Yeah. I, I don't think so, but who knows? He said, the rumor for the second generation of the 86 platform, the 86 BRZ, so the Toyota Subaru, is that it might have an engine making about 216, 220 horsepower. Mm. Is that enough to make a difference? I'm going to go right back to our experience with the new engine in the, in the MX-5. I don't know if it, – it, we, we don't know is what's the personality of that engine because what, what Mazda's basically done with the MX-5 engine is they have given it – 
a minimal bump, but it's not a heavy car to begin with, but a minimal bump is like 25 horsepower and like three pound-feet of torque. Mm. That's nothing on paper. Mm. That's somebody had a bad day with bad gas difference running through their Hellcat. That's a no change. But yet it's got a higher rev band, and the personality engine has more surge throughout the entire rev band. So the engine has a totally different personality with very little on-paper increase. If they can do that, they can solve it. It's not about sheer numbers. It's about engine personality. We'll see what happens. Blade Silver Grand Sport is going to the Ron Fellows Corvette Owners Driving oh, yeah, School in that. March. What are our suggestions for getting the most out of it or any other driving school? My suggestions to you are put your pride completely aside. Leave it mm, at home. Mm. I mean, swallow it, pound it down into the ground. <laughs> if you have never been to a driving school before, if they ask and you say, yes, I've had experience here, here, and here, and they say, oh, okay, well, then you know the basics that we're going to talk about right now. And that is, you know, whatever, corner, entry, and exit, all, all those kinds of things. The chalk Sure, talk. sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. But if you haven't been to a driving school ever, mm-hmm. leave all your pride at home mm, and come mm, in mm. thinking, I just, I'm here to learn. Yeah. You remember when we've read in the news about Tiger Woods and how he's his golf swing has been deconstructed by his new coach and then completely rebuilt and he won the Masters again. Yeah. And we're like, well, yeah. how did you? Okay. So you unlearned. <laughs> what struck me most about that was that he unlearned a whole bunch of stuff to then relearn new stuff and then go on to continue be a champion. Yeah. That was always astounding yeah, to me. Weren't you playing okay the first time? Did that, I, did I miss like, a meeting? Was I don't it know not working about? for yeah. you for your 17 other victories? that you? Okay. <laughs> but if you need deconstruction, let's Whatever. deconstruct it. Yeah. So that's my headspace is that we can always all learn something from the experts like this. Mm. So deconstruct your golf swing. Deconstruct your driving style. Yeah. Leave it behind. And every time, if there's an instructor available, just, hey, would you go with me? And get as much input. One yeah. instructor is good. If you like an instructor and they're they're you know speaking to you, they're mm-hmm. speaking to your style. Wonderful. But it does behoove you to get a multitude of different instructions, so you can kind yeah. of pick yeah. and choose. You can say, "All right, well, you're fast. I like nothing about your technique, but you're fast. Yeah. yeah How yeah. is that possible? It's interesting to ride with different instructors that may be totally different kinds of yeah. drivers. It's always fascinating. Totally so agree. just again, leave your pride aside. Invite the instructors if there's people standing around and you want to go again or whatever the program mm-hmm. is. Always pull them into your car and just say, hey, beat on me. Please, you have my permission. Not just, yeah, that's okay. Because instructors deal with all kinds of people. Yeah. They just, they never know. They can't step on toes. They just have to, you know, be the muse and just, mm-hmm. yeah, you're doing fine. That was great because they're getting paid whether you improve or don't. True. True. And they kind of assume whoever they climb in a car with, they kind of hold their breath and hope that this person's not dangerous. Yeah. And they hope that this person's yeah. not assuming they already know everything. So if you come in and say, all right, I've been driving for years, deconstruct me, start mm-hmm. me at mm-hmm. zero and build it back up. Mm. Bring me your techniques and everything you've learned. I'm I'm a sponge. Bring it. That's good. And then they'll be like, oh, okay. Well, this is a real student. They want to learn. Okay. Well, let's start with, and then you know whatever new cool. cool knowledge cool. comes out of them that they might otherwise have reserved and held back. Interesting point. I have a last one here. I'm going to end on a track daily crush. I haven't done this in a while. Club Racer Six says the thirty-nine thousand dollar track daily crush. You see this one? Yes. The C seven Corvette. The <laughs> I did. Z fifty one pack. The fifteen or sixteen Mustang GT three fifty, and the updated Mazda Miata MX five. The ND, the fourth gen. We were just driving the RF. It's very appropriate. It's a very good question. It's very good. We have talked up all three of these cars, which is what makes this track daily crush so very compelling and difficult. But I still think I have an answer. Okay. Have you well, thought about this as well? I have. Yeah. Okay. I actually think the Mustang gets crushed. Oh. And here, and, and you know, I like that car, but here's why: Ooh. as a daily or as a grand tourer, the C seven's phenomenal. I would hmm. literally drive cross country in a C7. It, it once you get it up to like freeway speed, it's got long legs, low RPM, nice cabin. You could just blast across the country in classic GT style. It also is fine to commute in for the same reasons. It's got a surprising amount of trunk space, hatch space. Okay, it's a nice place to be. And if the road opens up, if you've got a nice on ramp, off ramp, you're having a great time. C7 will be great for all of that. The ND MX5 is your track car. Because you will only get stuff to learn out of that. 
You're, look, and, and you're going to be the guy. We've heard it in many, many meetings, drivers' meetings, where where they say to the guys that brought the Corvettes to the track, if there's a Miata behind you in your mirror, they're faster. I don't care that you can leave <laughs> yeah, them on the straight. Exactly. If you and the guys in the Corvette, I've actually heard this said two yeah. guys in Corvettes. If you and a Corvette have a Miata in your mirror, you need to let him buy. Exactly. There's so much pride involved with that. Oh, yeah. So much. That's interesting. I was I was going to say drive that Miata every day, all day. Mm-hmm. It's such it's such a fun car to look it's forward to. It's great for it for sure. Yeah, yeah. And as much as I like that Corvette, I want the power of the Mustang on track. Mm. I want the adrenaline on track. I want the speed. I want the power. I do want that on track. You're seeing the fundamental difference between you and I right here. And this is I, great. You know, the Corvette can be you know crushed. I'll interesting. All right, there you go. All right, last question for me is a. Car care question. Alex Mataloni says, how do you keep your car's exterior clean in the winter? Alex lives in Michigan in an apartment, no real access to a water hose and no, no indoor garage. Mm-hmm. So he finds himself relying on automatic car washes. As yeah. do I. Hey, as do I, man. Yeah. You're, you're in, it's fine. It's fine. No, I'm backing your play. Doesn't make it okay. Anyway, to rinse the salt off, he feels like this is damaging his paint. It is damaging your paint. But here's the solution. <laughs> The touchless car washes, the Mm -hmm. spray only. Now, they don't get all the dirt off. They get most of the muck off. Mm -hmm. And if you have the threshold sprayer that sprays vertically up from the ground, Mm -hmm. just pause over. You know, it's scrubbing your underbelly. So just (laughs) roll slowly over that. You go back and forth. I've seen it done. I kind of do. So once you do that automatic car wash, (laughs) it's not fully clean. I, I agree. But then you can take Griot's Speed Shine once you okay. get home right. and wipe the excess off. And once it's clean, because that Speed Shine actually has some protected waxes it does. in it. It does. It's that actually way great. Yeah. The paint's not getting scratched. And then it does get the deep clean that you need while protecting it all through the winter. Mm. And then once the weather clears up, then you can really get to hand washing it again. But I recommend this technique. And then the Speed Shine will actually keep it cleaner. You can actually do kind of quick in-between car wash kinds of wipe downs. It's amazing. And then, of course, a cover to keep it all nice. I recommend it. Guys, thank you a million for all your questions. I always say it, but you know what? I really mean it. It's very cool. It's you guys. We love all the emails that we get. It's amazing. It's sometimes overwhelming, but it's overwhelming in a great way. It's like reading something that's going to pile that's going to fall on you while you smile. That's kind of what it is. <laughs> I, don't, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Telling you. Wow. All right. Visual picture. We're really looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.